you for listening to my show. Don't panic, it's organic. This is a session two of Invisible Gardeners Online Workshops. This one's called How to Have a Successful Organic Garden. In session one, we talked about the mycelium intelligence. And all throughout the uh, workshops, uh, I will be also always pointing to the soil. Pre-recorded, so we'll be taking calls in towards the second half of the show, and I'll let you know when. Thank you. So the numbers to this, you can use the Zoom number to call, or you can call the 800 number, 888-627-6008, or 323-744-4831. I'll let you know when you can call. So the uh, first half of this workshop is uh, videotaped, so there'll be no calls. The second half is going to be live, which means you'll be able to call me on my... And any of the numbers I've set up here for you to call, the toll-free number, the 888-627-68000-6008, or you can click on the Zoom meeting, uh, which is 466-384-062 to get into the Zoom with us. And so the class is going to start uh, right now. This is uh, Lesson 2. Uh, of the organic, Invisible Gardeners Organic uh, Workshop, and uh, this is on how to have a successful organic garden. And in the last uh, workshop, we talked about uh, the mycelium consciousness, and I talked a lot about mycelium. I've talked about how important it is. And, is. and so this, uh, in this class, I'm going to be pointing to the mycelium all the time on a regular basis. So if you have my book, which you really should have in order to do the workshop, you would have read the information I provided for you about mycelium, how the mycelium uh, works to provide the nutrition and minerals uh, to the plants, and how important it is to have the mycelium in the soil in order for it to be functioning. So that one of the most important, this that is the most important thing that I can teach you in any of the online workshops, is that the mycelium, the living microbial life in the soil needs to be functioning in order for anything to be happening. And so, we can, you know, the, this class is going to be on how to have a successful organic garden, and you know you have to be either a good, good at making compost, you either have to find a, a live sor- a source of live compost, or you're not going to get very far. The, the classes are all available uh, so if you miss this live class, then you can always go up to the website. It's, it'd be uh, I'll set up a department for the work, for the workshops that members can get at you and watch it at any time they want to. Uh, they can, of course, always email me with questions as they do the show, as they uh, listen to the show. So if, or it's better if you try to do it live, so that way you can talk to me while we're doing the class. So, as a member, you know you have access to different uh, members-only uh, departments on the website. Uh, you also begin a newsletter. So, the newsletter is very important because the newsletter will have a link that takes you right to the workshop uh, uh, site, and then you can uh, look at your leisure. You can even download the videos if you want to and watch them offline. 
Uh, of course, uh, if you're getting the podcast subscription, um, you can you can uh, you know, you'll have them all up there to watch at a later date yourself. And the 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 podcast the uh, the video podcast subscription can be obtained in several different ways. Uh, it's up there on my YouTube page. It's also up there on the BBS Radio uh, YouTube page, and you can subscribe to it and and then download. I don't know if you can download the video or watch it. We'll see. So in today's class, I'm going to be covering a variety of different subjects. I'm going to hopefully talk to you about long-term and short-term solutions. Um, as I explained to you, I don't know. Well, I've explained uh, quite often about the long-term, long-term, long-term and short-term solutions. And the long-term solution is the health of the soil. So that's one of the things you really want to key into is how, you know, because the sooner you start working on the soil, the sooner the soil comes back to life and the sooner that starts to work and the sooner everything else falls into place. Until then, you have to deal with some short-term solution. What can I do now to immediately help this plant deal with this pest or with this disease? So those are the things I'll be covering in today's uh, today's show, plus also opening up to specific uh, questions that you may have. So some of the basics in organic gardening are having healthy living soil, having proper sunlight, being able to control the water, uh, buying organic heirloom seeds is very important, planting during the proper season, knowing when you have cool weather crops, hot weather crops, but compost, compost production and use, and where you get the compost from, it's very, very, very important. Learning how to provide minerals on a regular basis to your plants that too is very important because everything is keyed into the health, to the the minerals that you have. Just like in our bodies, it's keyed into how much minerals we have. We don't have, if we're lacking certain minerals, we're going to have the problems. And then the shows. Then you know one of the basics is mulch. Learning how to properly use a mulch and obtain mulch. And then of course, I, you know, learning how to use a refractometer and learning how to understand how to uh, deal with bricks and what, know what bricks is about. One of the things I tell people in a way that you can understand the way that it really works in nature is the greater the stress, the greater the pest and disease, right? It's like in our human body, the more stressed out we are, the more we become susceptible to all these different diseases and, and, and things attacking our body. So it's just, so too is like with the plants. So, and the whole, this is what you're, one of the keys to success for organic gardening is not to have too much stress <laughs> in the garden. That may sound funny, but you know when your plants are stressed out, and, and when your soil is stressed out, then your plants are going to be stressed out. You see, and when the, and when the plants are stressed out, that's when the bugs keyed into that. They don't. Well, look at that plant stressed out. There's something wrong there. That's the time they're going to attack. That's the time they're going to come and and uh, eat your plants up. So one of the things about having a successful organic garden is to learn to use raised bed rather than growing the ground. So if you want to be more productive with what you're doing, what you're growing, use a raised bed. You can grow four to seven times more food in a raised bed than in the same area in the ground. You can control water. You can control your environment. 
right? You can easily control your environment by putting up a cover, lots of different ways to keep animals out of the, out of the garden in, in a raised bed. And you, if you have several rows raised beds, you can rotate the soil. That's, that's very important too. That way you can have, you have control of diseases and stuff because you can't keep growing the same thing in the same place all the time. So, and the raised bed can be made in lots of different ways. One of the importance of having a, a vegetable garden, a successful vegetable garden, is location, location, location. A good garden should need a minimum of eight hours sunlight per day, a minimum. You should get sun first thing in the morning, six o'clock, sunshine, five o'clock, right? All the way until it gets starts to get dark. And if it doesn't, then you're going to be depriving your, your plants of the needed sunlight they, that they need to produce. So you may have all the minerals, everything, your, your soil working fine, but if the plants are not getting enough light, they're not getting able to function for a certain length of time, then they will be mineral deficient and they will be stressed out, right? And they will be attacked by plants, by diseases, uh, and they will be skinny, they will be unhealthy, they won't be able to, there won't be any food for you, the bug, but there'll be food for the bugs. So maintaining your organic garden, it's always the tricky part for a lot of people, how they can uh, you know, keep their garden alive. I know so many people who get the garden together, put it together, go out and buy some vegetables and wake, plant it in the garden and wake up the next morning, they're all gone. Uh, and it takes, so as you know, beginning when you do a raised bed, it takes anywhere between maybe a month for that soil to settle down and start to function. Uh, you know, when you first do the garden. Uh, also, too, when you first plant the vegetables, it takes a long time. It could be easier a month before the vegetable plant has any root systems that are going on into the garden. And so, it, and, and, and then, of course, during that time, it, it, plants are going to go through a lot, a lot of stress, and, they, and they're more than likely where they were bought at, you know, the nursery they were grown at. They weren't fed properly. If they're fed organically, it tends to work but not if they're not fed properly. So it's very important to uh, learn all the different tricks to it. And so part of the things we're doing a garden is how big you want the garden to be. You have to learn to prepare your soil. You have to learn how to use compost, live compost. You find a source of it if you can't make it. You have to learn about rock dust, how to use rock dust, how to locate rock dust. You have to learn about mulch, different types of mulches you can use what type of organic fertilizers you want to start using. There's many different types in the market. Like I said before, you want to be able to learn how to control your watering. Protecting your plants, it's a very, very key issue. You have to learn about having earthworms in your garden. And of course, a biggie is whether to buy some seeds or from plants. Seeds are basically generally a lot harder to get started. started. The little tiny little babies, very, really, really susceptible to getting eaten. You have to learn how to protect them. Same thing with plants. So when I was talking about cool weather plants and cold uh, and warm weather plants, there are different types of plants that grow in there in different times of the year. Uh, there are lots of different ways you can figure out what they are, best ways through experiences. So you're going to find like a lot of these pictures in here, they're all cool weather crops. Are there any type of the lettuces or the greens like that? You know the cool weather crops, okay? They cannot handle the heat. So a lot of things like herbs and stuff can handle cold and, and hot weather, cool and hot weather, you know, but most of, generally speaking, so you have broccoli, you have, you know, cabbage, you have lettuce, you have, you know, those things are all cool weather crops, including certain types 
of, of peas, uh, carrots, anything below ground can be cold, cool, cold weather. It really a lot depends on how hot it is above and how, it is, how cold it is below, right? So it's not freezing weather crops, right? Right? And so you you learn from experience in, in, in your areas which one are the ones to ideally grow. Warm weather crops are some of the obvious ones, like the tomato plants are warm weather crops. They need to temperature as night to be 70 degrees or more. And you also have the pepper plants, the same thing. They won't grow if it's cold at night. They won't start at all. And you have a variety of other uh, vegetables, whether it be like uh, cucumbers, a lot of different vines, you know, squashes, uh, you know, uh, all require warm weather crops. Corn, it's very important that it, it, it grow in warm weather. It won't grow in cold weather at all. So you'll learn to figure out what they are, because if you're growing the wrong plant at the wrong time, they won't do well. They'll get eaten up. They'll get destroyed. And you'll go, gee, what's wrong with my plants? So you want to learn how to deal with it. You can avoid some of that problems if you have a greenhouse, if you need to live in a place where you want to extend your food growing, right, into, those air, into, the, into the warm weather. Uh, there are ways that you can do that. Another issue with the garden is how big a garden you, you have. Uh, so you, you can have too many things growing there, and then how are you going to produce, eat all the food? So you can always, you can determine you, when you have a large garden, like you have more than one race, better so you can have some beds go fallow. You know, you can share a vegetable garden with with your neighbors, your friends and family, uh, and you can grow specific things in each bed. And, and you learn to rotate. So the bigger it is, the more complicated it is, the more attention you have to pay to to what you're doing to the garden. And if you do raise beds, you're going to be producing a lot of food in a short and small amount of space. That's why it's always good to plan it out in advance. You don't, you know, most people only need two beds. One raised bed should be enough for a lot, for most people. If you have a family, uh, it depends on how big the family. Two beds, two to four beds is more than enough to take care of your family. Uh, if you have the more beds you have, the more you can rotate, the more varieties you can grow. Uh, preparing the soil is very important, especially in, in your vegetable garden. I love, tell a lot of people that I'm into the no-tilt no method. Uh, so you can work the soil a little bit because you don't want to roll it, till it. That's why the advantages of having a raised bed that you don't have to turn the soil at all. Uh, the only way you prepare a raised bed is that, uh, just say if you have four raised beds, one of the raised beds will uh, go fallow. You can grow green, your green cover crop on it. That means you can grow uh, anything from peanuts to potatoes to sunflowers to legumes, all a bunch of things that will grow in there that will provide nutrients back into the soil. Uh, a lot of things you can rotate. I mean, you can uh, cover over. So if you grow some green legumes, you let it grow. Instead of pulling it out, you, you rototill it back into the soil. Gently, because you know you have earthworms there, earthworm, earthworm population, you do not wish to kill the earthworm population. Uh, generally speaking, you don't, you don't, roto, you, you turn the soil over the first time and after that you don't do that anymore. Compost is another issue, it's an important issue. Uh, if you want to have the best garden, then you really want to learn how to make the compost yourself. We're going to be having a show, uh, a workshop coming up uh, in the near future and on compost and compost production, different ways that you can make compost, uh, different things that need to go into the compost. Uh, but compost is very, very important. If you have don't have the space or the time or the ability to, to make compost, it's really cool, good idea to find a local source. One of the ways you can do that is to join an organic gardening club. You're going to find lots of people there that make compost, and they will sell it to you and or trade you for it, right? Uh, and most of the time, 
compost you buy in the stores is not alive. It may have some of the basic materials, but it won't have the microorganisms in them that you really need, especially if it comes in a plastic bag. If it comes in a sealed-in plastic bag, you know there's nothing alive in there. And then rock dust. Rock dust is a very important source of trace minerals. There, and I, I, I myself, I sell my Invisible Garden Special Rock Dust Blend. That's a little ad. It has, this, uh, it has uh, 14 different types of rock dust in it. And of course, all, a whole bunch of different microbes in it. You have to have the microbes and the rock dust together in order to, to, for it to work. You just can't sprinkle rock dust on a dead soil and expect the rock dust to magically break down. Uh, so it's important to, to uh, and then there's rock dust in the pelletized form, the rock dust in the powder form, and the powder form is really good to add to your compost. So that's why um, it's important to add rock dust to your compost, right? You don't need to be adding rock dust to the garden if you make the compost. If you don't make compost and you have a compost brought in, you want to add rock dust, a small amount of rock dust. Remember, it's trace minerals. Too much rock dust, too much trace minerals become toxic. And when they're toxic, it doesn't, it isn't that good at all, right? It becomes toxic to your plants and same thing with you. So the, the, the rock dust, the mulch is also the, a key here too. The mulch, well, it's a mulch, it's not like compost. The mulch is meant to protect the compost protect the soil from the sun and to hold water. A mulch is also meant to control uh, weeds, right? And so, and the different, and the, you can use the mulch. The different types of mulches that are available, and different types of types of mulch that you can make and or use. Uh, in 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 in, a, in our environment here in Southern California, the soil is heavy clay, and even the compost when you make compost is also alkaline. And so the clay soil is also alkaline. You want to acidify the soil. You want your soil to be around 6.8 pH. That's a magic number, 6.5 to 6.8. 6.5 is a little lower, a little acid, and 6.8 is perfect. Uh, you want to learn how to use, we're going to teach you how to use organic fertilizers. You're going to learn how to use them. Uh, all throughout the talks, we're going to be talking about different types of organic fertilizers. There's so many of them on the market nowadays. Uh, so we, uh, one of the things I'm hoping to do is to get different manufacturers of organic fertilizers to come on board and talk to us about how they make their organic fertilizers. So we're going to be doing that. Uh, you know, and, and so you, there's so many of them that we, we, we really need to go over it a little bit more, more, as much detail as possible for you to find what works. But it's also, too, what works here may not work there, depending upon your soil, depending upon, you know, the, the, what condition your soil would. So all, it all depends on how live your soil is. If your soil is dead, I mean, it doesn't have any organic, uh, the, uh, the microorganisms, the organic fertilizers will not function as well than if it was. That's why a lot of times you have to look at the organic fertilizers, see what they have in it. And water control is very important. Water management is very important. Uh, microbes don't swim too well in water. And if they do, there are different types of microbes that you don't need, right? And so water control is very important because you want to be able to, if you water too much, that makes the nutrients, or it destroys the function of the soil for starters. That means that the soil is not functioning, which basically means that the nutrition is not being made available to the plants and the plants are stressing out from lack of the, of the of nutrition and minerals that they need, see, right? And so, and if you don't give them enough, water is most, it's very important because it, it helps them to transfer the minerals from one part of the plant to another part, from the soil into the plant. So if you have no, no water, that's gonna be a very difficult process. 
right? Too much water makes it a very difficult process as well. So you have to key into that, to that, to the fact that you have too much of a good thing, right? And so water control is very important in the organic garden. You want to learn how to do a drip system and stuff like that. Uh, protecting your plant is one of those things that you want to learn from experience how to best protect your plants. I've learned one of the simple, there's two simple things that I can use right off the mat, off the bat to, to protect my, my new, newly planted vegetables. That's coffee. Learn how to use coffee, whether it be cold brew coffee or whether it be, cold brew is, is concentrated coffee. So it's really easy to buy some organic cold brew coffee, put three ounces of it in the, one ounce per gallon of water. You spray the plants, spray the plants with the, the coffee, make sure the caffeine will, will prevent the insects from eating them. Uh, uh, coffee uh, grinds or coffee beans also work, but they work to a different in a different way. That it, they tend to keep animals from cr that crawl to get there. Something that flies will just crawl right over rabbits. It won't bother them. Initially, it won't bother them. Once they walk on, they click themselves. Same thing with cats and animals, stuff like that. <clears throat> I was going to say the other thing is garlic. Garlic will work really, really well. You learn how to make garlic and spray it onto the plants. So you have the two. Don't use the two together. Earthworms is something you want to have in your garden, so you actually want to buy them and plant them in the garden. I, I use uh, uh, African red wigglers, very, very good for the gardens. I mean, you have to be real careful when you are roll, you know, doing any digging up or any work in the garden, stuff like that, you know what I mean? Uh, so that's, that's uh, you know, and there are different types of earthworms you can get. Uh, it's all has to be up to you as to which you prefer. Uh, I, I prefer the African red wigglers because they produce the most amount of earthworm castings. Uh, they're the most, they're the hardiest. Uh, but uh, there are some, you know, it, it depends on what part of the country or even what part of the world you're at. There may be some other ones that are better to use. For me in Southern California, these are the ones I want. Uh, they may be getting harder and harder to get uh, sometimes. So not just any worm will work, okay? And so uh, please stop by, uh, go by to Amazon and check out, uh, buy my book. It's called Don't Panic, It's Organic. And you can use that in the workshop here. Plus you can use it at home. You can use it around your garden, on your fruit trees, on your vegetables. Uh, and if you have the book and you have a specific problem, then you feel free to call me and uh, we can work it out on the radio show here. Uh, membership is free right now. So you go up to our website, invisiblegardener.com. You'll get this co copy of this book in a PDF format. If, but if you want a print version of it, uh, just t go to amazon.com, type in Don't Panic. Well, actually, what you do is you type in Invisible Gardener Books. Then it comes up. If you type in Don't Panic, It's Organic, you're going to get a whole bunch of other stuff up there. <laughs> other than just my stuff, because Don't Panic, It's Organic is being used in a lot of different other ways. Even though I own the copyright to it, it's uh, trademark-wise. So one of the things we have to understand is that because of climate change, you must help the soil. Again, I talk about the soil. That's the key to everything. You cannot have an organic, uh, you cannot have a happy garden, happy trees, happy plants. If the soil is dead, just like in your body, you cannot have a happy body. You cannot be happy if your soil, if your stomach soil, right? The soil is in your stomach. It's dead. You need this functioning stomach in order to process the food. If your stomach is not processing food, you're not going to be a very happy camper. It's the same thing with the soil. So you can avoid it all you want to, but that's the law of cause and effect. That's what I teach you, the law of cause and effect. The effects is what you see, right? 
the sick plant, the bug eating the plant, uh, the disease attacking the plant. The cost is what we must deal with. And the cost is always the health of the soil, right? And as I said before, you know, it's not an easy process to start things from seeds. Much better results if you learn how to do that, but it's not easy. So you have to learn how to protect your plants while they're in a young age. Same thing with new plants you buy in the store, right? Because new plants you buy in the store, if they're not grown organically, and then you switch them over to grow organically, you have a problem. You should not be buying any seeds or any plants from the store because you, you know, unless you know that they're heirloom plants. That's what you always want to grow, heirloom organic plants. I don't know how you can be heirloom and not organic. That's what the terminology heirloom means is that they are, they've always been grown organically. All the, and the genetics is for organically grown plants. You'll find that they will do much, much better than you trying to, uh, you know, get chemically grown plants and try to grow them organically. They will not do well at all. They'll grow to some extent, but they're used to being chemically fed and chemically sprayed and they do do not have the, the ability the energy or strength to grow and then you will have diseases and pests and you, they'll tell you that that's normal so now is the time you know to be growing your own food right now is the time you need to learn how to do this and i'll be successful at, at it and no you do not want to start growing things chemically the reason why you're doing the food is you want to eat the best food you want it to, your, your body to be healthy uh, and you, you're not going to get he healthy if you're eating the food that's not healthy. Simple as that, right? That's what the the workshop is all about. So if you have any questions so far, uh, you know if you have if you if you have an organic garden or you think you have an organic garden, right? You know if you and you want to, or you want to have an organic garden, but if you if you have a garden now and you, you're having a problem with it, and you and you you know a lot of people text me, well, I have this problem, right? Uh, what do I spray on it? What do I do? And I tell people, it's, you know, you, you're not, you know, ideally you should need to listen to the show because the whole emphasis is different. I don't teach people how to be reactive. I teach people how to be proactive. Reactive is you're taught, you have a bug, kill the bug. You have a disease, go after the disease. Proactive is why do you have a bug in the first place? Why do you have, why does a plant has a disease in the first place? Key into that, and then you then you have an idea of what it is you're going to have to do down the road to solve the problem. Just remember, there's long-term solutions and short-term solutions. The long-term solutions is exactly that. They're not overnight, not even over a month. You're lucky if you can start to catch a hold up, catch you know, catch the problem in a year. Just, so all you have to do is to tell yourself how long has this problem been going on. That's probably more likely the length of time you may have to take you to correct the problems, just like in the human body. So it's, it's very good for you to, to learn to, um, if you need to learn, uh, one of the best ways to learn is learn from other people. And so join an organic garden club. There are lots of people there have been growing organically for a long time. They have all kinds of tricks that they are using to keep their plants alive. And they've learned what the best things to what, you know, for starters, they learn what to grow in their area that do really well because lots of things will only grow in certain areas because of the climate, because of the environment. And that's changing really rapidly too. So you're going to have to learn what, you know, what's 
what's too hot for, for plants. And right now it's really, really coming very, very hot in a lot of places. And you just can't grow those plants anymore, at least not the normal way that you think you've been growing them, right? <clears throat> That's why it's important to have a, uh, a greenhouse, to learn that a greenhouse is an excellent way to not only protect your plants, but not only to start your plants, not only to protect your plants, but also to provide for them a, a way to extend the food growing where you can grow deep, longer into the winter time or straight through the winter time a lot of times the only thing that's really stopping you is heat right and sunlight and in lots of ways you can make up for for both of them so that you can continue to grow year round so you can grow you know cool weather plants in a hot environment as long as you have a greenhouse that cools it down you know plus you can grow uh hot weather plants in a cold environment as long as the, the greenhouse you can warm the greenhouse up and that's the, the something you may have to think about because down the road the environment is going to change so radically you may have to have something a little more stable and a better way to control your environment than to than to deal with it because sometimes a lot of times it's it just won't work uh so so we uh next next week coming up we have so th this is going to be like the first half of the show i remember this is how you get my book uh but this will be the first half of the show and so I'm going to be opening up the, uh, the, the second half to any callers, anybody who wants to call me and talk to me. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing, uh, well, it's next month. So next week, we're going to have, we have another two more weeks left in this, in this month, I think. Let me, let me take a look and see here. See, let, me, let me see here. I think we have two more weeks left in this month. No, we have one more show left in this month. One show left in next month. So this month, uh, and the, uh, so next month, we're going to, next week, we're going to be finishing up uh, how you have your own uh, successful vegetable organic gardening. I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about <clears throat> some things you can do with coffee, some things you can do with garlic, some other tools you can use to protect your plants, <coughs> give you some idea of uh, some uh, some uh, uh, natural sprays you can use, some organic fertilizers that you can do. Talk a little bit about different types of fer organic fertilizers that I use. If you have any questions, you can call, you can email me at, Andy Lopez at InvisibleGardener.com. Make sure you spell invisible and gardener right for it to work. Otherwise, it won't work. It's Andy Lopez at Invisible, like the Invisible Man, right? I-N-B-I-S-I-B-L-E and gardener, G-A-R-D-E-N-E-R.com. Uh, the best way to make sure that it gets answered is to, if you're a member, you click on the newsletter inside the news and you open it. You, inside the newsletter, which you should be getting uh, once a month. Uh, sometimes it's been a little, uh, I, I apologize if I haven't been sending one every month. Uh, I, I'm a little confused in that because some people said you're sending out too many other people, so you're not sending enough. You never said, you know, nobody can't please everybody, so I just do it as often as I think is necessary. But within the, but lately I've been set, trying to send it out every month because of the, of the workshop and the classes. That's how you can answer to it. it There's a, a button you click on. Get get questions answered, right? And it goes straight straight to me. Otherwise, you can send me an email and in the subject you write online class question. Okay, that way I can find it. And so uh, the 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 the, uh, <laughs> the tape portion we started a little late today. Uh, the tape portion of it will be over with soon. That means that uh, I'll be as soon as I see the numbers up here. That that tells me that it's time for me to. Uh, open the phone lines and talk to people. Uh, just remember that uh, right now, the, the, 
that the key to everything that we're doing now, right, what we're doing now, what, what I'm trying to teach you, I'm trying to express to you something so radically different that you've ever done before. And, and that is the soil. We have to work on the soil. So in, your, in your garden and in your, in your property and in, in the business that you do, the key is the soil. So remember, we humans can help to heal the earth. And how do you heal the earth? You heal the earth by healing yourself. It's like in our body. The way we heal our body, we have a disease in our body, we get rid of that disease. So the earth wants to heal itself. It will get rid of us if it thinks it's, it's a disease. It will not get rid of us if it thinks that we are beneficial to it. So figure out which you rather be. I would rather be a beneficial organism on the, on the body of the earth than a disease or cancer because I will get rid of, of the disease and the cancer. Okay, so that's what, that's what it's really all about, is that whether humans can live, continue to live on this planet or not. Because if we continue to act like disease, uh, the disease, like a cancer, the earth will get rid of us. Because the earth has a choice. Let these humans run amok and destroy every, all the living things, or I'm just going to get rid of them. So figure out which one you want to happen, okay? So I'm hoping this class helps you to have a wonderful, healthy garden and a wonderful, healthy life, okay? Because that's why it's, the bottom line is to teach you how to live a healthier, happy life. And so I haven't really, you know, I haven't even started talking to you. I do that all the time about food, about why buy organic, right? Why eat organic? Why not eat, you know, in restaurants? Unless you, you ask them, is this organic? They don't know that I wouldn't eat there. Uh, same thing with buying certified organic products. So it's all really all about eating the proper food, taking care of yourself and living a healthier life. Because if your consciousness is not there, and if your consciousness is one of destruction, destroying and causing havoc and all kinds of stuff that humans do, then we're going to be eliminated. And look around, you tell me it's, going to, it's getting easier to live here than harder. Because it will, the earth will clean itself up and start over again, and we may not be in the picture. So thank you very much for listening to uh, this class. The, the show is not over with. Uh, the show still has about 20 minutes left, depending upon whether or not I get to have the full show or not. And so you sh should be able to call me and talk to me. Now, I said it's Catch-22 because if you're listening to the show, you already have already called. And uh, unless, of course, you're just listening to your podcast, okay? And so if you're listening to your podcast, I gave out the number several times which ones to call at. And I'll probably give out the number again if I can figure out how to do this and, and go online at the same time and give out the number that, to call. So the number should be coming up in a little bit as to which number to call and how to, how to click on the Zoom. But ideally, the simplest way to do it, if you wanted to talk to me, you have the urge right now to talk to me, you go to my website, InvisibleGardener.com. You see it says radio show. Ooh, <laughs> that's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I added something with sound in it. That's my clue to shut up. <laughs> you have a caller. Oh yeah, hang on a second. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see, I don't see anybody here. Oh, he's just zoom in. Okay. Okay, caller, hang on a second, all right?
Okay, so that was a little commercial I put in there. So I have a caller, huh? I don't know how to deal with a caller if I don't have him on the chat. So that means he's just called in. Or she. Can you pipe that person through? I mean, I don't even know who that person is or anything. All right. Well, I'll just let the audience hear me. Oh, yeah, hey, I see it. Board up. I'm done. I'm engineering for don't. I, I, no, I got it. Rico yeah. from CA Line 1 wants to talk. <laughs> yes, we have Rico from California. Rico, welcome to the program. Andy, Hello. No, Andy's not. Andy's not here. This is Andy's kitty cat. I'm I'm under Andy Gardner in Santa Barbara, and I have a client in Malibu. I've been taking care of her property for about three years organically, doing minerals, compost, and the foliar feed. But she took me from every month to four times a year, and I was there uh, three months ago. Everything was looking good, but I went this past week. She has massive uh, white fly everywhere on the property she has about four acres of uh vegetation and an orchard and a vegetable garden and she also has a lot of this black soot with the yeah. white mold underneath the plant and i'm wondering what i should do about that okay so they're long terms and they're short can you hear me okay i can hear you okay so they're long terms and they're short-term solution so the real problem is what's happening is that the temperature is going up Quite, you know, quite regularly now it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. So before we have a subtropical environment, you don't have a sub that environment anymore. It gets hotter and hotter and it destroys the soil. So what happens as the soil gets destroyed, the plants are not getting the nutrients they need. And what happens is it triggers in the bugs. And now what happens in your case, I'm pretty sure you notice lots of ants, right? Yes, a lot of ants. And they're the ones that start... They set up the warning, danger, food, time to eat these plants. And so they bring whatever. So they, they tend to herd. Their, their, they have their own cattle that they herd. Okay, so one of the things you're seeing there, that white stuff is like mealy. They're like either white flies or it could be mealy bugs or both white. white. But, but they both do the same thing. They attack the plant and they suck the plant of the juice. And then the ants come around and they milk, the, uh, milk them for their nectar. One of the things that happened, and I don't understand why, because you know these are ants are ladies, so you would think that they'll clean up after themselves. So, but they don't. So when they suck in, in the process of milking the their herd, they 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 have this nectar all over the place. And you know you you know you think they milk them, and you think they'll be clean, and they put it into because ants have two stomachs: one they eat and one they take back to their colony. So, but they don't. They have this nectar that stays around. Nectar is a very high uh, sugar protein, sugar and protein, which is perfect for different types of molds, and that's what you see growing there. It's called sooty mold. It's a black mold that will grow on this stuff, right? That's what I have a lot of on, on several of the flowering plants. Right. So, what, so this is a combination that Mother Nature knows something goes wrong. We might as well set it up so that the mold can eat them too, because the mold will eat is basically eating the plant. As the plants get weaker and weaker, the molds start eating the leaves. They disrupt the life cycle. Eventually, it's just destroyed. And same with the ants. The ants will bring around all kinds of things. So the, the long term is okay. She needs to start bringing in. She's not paying attention, like everybody else, to the health of the soil. So the soil is either probably getting more water because they're getting hotter and hotter, so they water a lot more. Organic fertilizers don't do anything if there's nothing there for it to work with. So if you don't bring compost on a regular basis, you have to do 
You have to do the rock dust compost and mulch on even more than ever before now. Because you have to, can't see, can, can you see the soil at all? Right? You can see it's bare, right? Yeah, it's bare. Uh, her gardeners are always breaking off the leaves. And I always tell her my philosophy is leave the leaves. <laughs> yeah, and they won't. They just take it away. They rake it up nice and clean. There's nothing there. And then the sun comes and burns. The leaves are supposed to do that. They're supposed to break down, provide a living cover, a mulch for it. So they're taking away the things that they're supposed to keep. So that's a problem. So you have to tell the lady, okay, first of all, tell your gardener, quit raking everything away. Leave everything at the base of the plant. Secondly, you have to start bringing a larger, more amount of uh, rock dust, compost, and mulch. You know, what the rock dust is in the minerals, the compost has to be alive. You can't get this junk in the store and expect it to work and expect to add any type of organic fertilizer to it because it won't. Now, it makes a nice basis. You can buy, if you need a lot of compost, you can get some live compost and some junk compost, right? Blend the two together. You'll have a lot more compost to work with if you need a lot of it. A lot of times, this, I call it junk compost, is really just a mulch. All, all that's there is if you look at the ingredients, it's got fir bark and tree bark and you know, a couple of, that's a nice mulch. <laughs> and you go, okay, well, that makes a great mulch, except that they call it compost. So the people would rather buy compost and mulch thinking they're getting something good, but they're not. So you, so if you, you know, if you have a source of good, uh, uh, by the way, everybody, this is a friend of mine, Rico, he does Rico Organics. This guy makes compost. I've been teaching him for about, what, how long, 20, 30 years now? What is it? Yeah, 25 years. Right. How to make compost and compost and, you know, uh, when I, st- I, I used to make a lot of compost, and I stopped because I can't do it. But that's the key to everything that's growing here. All the problems, uh, and what's going on with your case is you have to tell them, okay, look, you know, if you don't pay attention to this, it's only going to get worse. Because you can, you can clean up the, the mess in the sense that there's certain things you can spray. Remember, the short-term solution is certain things you can spray. So you can spray. Uh, compost tea works really, really good, especially if you're aerated. Especially if you add some minerals to it. Normally, when you have compost tea, right, you want to have a minerally rich. You, you want to add rock dust to it, right? Different, different varieties of rock dust. You have a nice, complete blend of rock dust source that you add to the compost. Again, if you add too much rock dust to the compost, you destroy it, right? Hello? Yes. Okay, so if I have a pile of compost that's about five to six feet tall, and very wide at the bottom. I, I do it at a cone shape. How many pounds of uh, minerals am I supposed to be adding? Well, ideally, you don't want to go by the, the pounds and stuff, but when you're making adding the pile like that, you want to sprinkle like a handful for per layer. So you have a pile. Are you layering? Yes, I'm layering. So every time you layer, you get a handful, and you sprinkle very lightly over the over the you know the, the pile. So the next layer, you put on okay. another layer every time. So you end up, you know, you can do, uh, uh, how many layers do you think you get? About 20 layers or, so, or 30 layers or so? At least 30 layers. When right, so you, you're going to end up with 30 handfuls of rock dust. Okay, I get it. So what, so yeah. what is 30 handfuls? It's like, what is that? It's not 50 pounds, you know that. I don't think it's even 20 no, pounds. It, right? No. no, it's not even 20 pounds, maybe 10 pounds. Because one, one handful, it's got to be, you know, so, so a pound. How many handfuls would be a pound, right? It's like, you know, well, you know a, a handful is not even half a pound, right? Yeah, and the other problem working on the property is uh, leaf curl on all the citrus. 
Right. So when you have so the the leaf curl is really a disease. It is a disease again. It goes back to the soil. So it's not functioning. Uh, all the diseases are in the soil. So when the soil that normally pre- stops the disease, because usually they have all the bacteria that control the diseases. See, those bacteria are not there. The disease is going to go rampant. And what makes it even more interesting is that the ants will spread those diseases when they go up there with their herd. They also bring the diseases, and the diseases also like the the nectar. And, and it, it attracts, so by what it is, is that it's a, it's, a, it's a sign of stress. So when you see this happening, you'll find that the tree is stressed out and it attracts certain pests and certain pests bring those disease. And those pests, uh, they have a, uh, they'll leave you, they have a little trail. Sometimes they're a little, little have you seen a little slime trail? No, I haven't looked that closely. I did not see it, but I'm sure it's probably there. Yeah, yeah. One of the things you, uh, that I like to do is I have this little magnifying glass that you hold it up to. You go, aha! Oh, look what I see here. You know, you'll be able to see. And, and a lot of times, if you really want to know what the particular bug is that's attracting, you go there at night. Go out there at night. You know, if it happens to be your place and turn on the, get a, bring out a flashlight, and you'll see them out there. They'll, they come out at night and they go back into hiding during the day. A lot of times they fold the leaves. Have you seen any leaves folded? Yes, the leaves are, are curled on the citrus. Right, so when so a lot of times you'll you look underneath and you open the leaf up. You see right in the middle. You'll see the little insect uh, hanging out there because that that disease causes the leaf curl. Okay, so it's it's brought to you it's brought to you by pests who are vectors of the disease curl. Pests come around because they're attracted to the tree because they can eat. It's food for them. It's more, more precisely what happens is that they lay eggs, then they have more of them, and then more of the disease spread. But the, the, the babies can eat the tree for food. See? So the long-term, the short-term solution is you want us to be spraying the plant, the trees, with something that's a combination of minerals and natural bacteria so that way they get to their food right away. And then something else that will tend to control and tell the, the bugs stay away or if they got sprayed, sorry, you can't be here, right? Right. And right. how do you feel about the garlic uh, spray? Now, the garlic is, you know, the garlic and coffee are two excellent tools to use. Excellent, excellent tools to use. They both happen to be systemic. You know what that is, right? No, what do you mean? But that means that if you, if, if you, uh, you can, for example, your, your skin is systemic. So if you touch a toxic, uh, toxic, it goes right through your skin and you're dead. Right? Yeah. Your skin, so the same thing with plants. The skin of the plants are systemic. They can absorb anything that it comes in contact with. So if you was to spray uh, garlic on the plant or coffee on the plant, both will be absorbed into the plant. Now, if you're a bug, it will be absorbed into the bug, the garlic and the caffeine, and or garlic. So the caffeine, the coffee is caffeine. Caffeine is a toxic nerve, nerve, nerve product. Basically, it affects your nervous system. If you're alive and you have a nervous system, it's going to affect it. Right? Yeah. Okay. The garlic. Guess what the garlic does? It does the same thing. Now the garlic works. It's it's just like the coffee. You can smell the coffee. You can smell the garlic, right? Yes, you can. But if you can smell it, guess what? They can smell it too. 
Uh, so, if you, so if you have a bug that says, okay, I'm going to go, this, honey, I'm going to work now. I'll be back in a little while. And he gets it. And he's going to go go to his his job, which basically is find a citrus and uh, you know get it set up, bring some food or set up for the baby to have babies. And if they can't find it, they can't go to it. So if he yeah, smells garlic, right? If he smells caffeine, he ain't gonna find the the the, the citrus as easy. And then because they they give off a certain certain scent that that's how they can find you find it for starters and also they looks different too with they what you see through the eyes of a bug is very similar when you look through a refractometer that bug can tell if it's deficient in trace minerals which basically means it's food for the bug so the, the so the garlic and the caffeine will both kill on contact if you spray a certain amount of garlic on the, on the bug, it'll kill it on gar- contact. If you spray a certain amount of caffeine on, on the bug, it'll kill it on contact. Because it's also systemic, it spreads out throughout the plant. And it, it, if a bug comes in, chew, that's very good to learn, for example, if you want to keep rabbits off your vegetables. You spray it. And, and, but the problem is, is that, yeah, if you spray coffee or garlic, you're going to taste it on your vegetables if you want to eat it right away. Right? So there are people who love garlic. Yeah. I'll spray garlic, eat it right away, fine. I don't like garlic. I don't like caffeine. I don't like coffee. If I spray coffee, the, I'm not too crazy about eating uh, lettuce at the time I sprayed it, right? Yeah. So that's what you have to key into. Those are two really simple, really easy things to do. You don't even have, you can you can apply the, the garlic and the coffee in lots of different ways, right? You can apply the garlic and the in a liquid form, right? Make a tea out of it. Same thing with the coffee. Uh, boil some coffee or you just put some coffee in a bag, let it sit there and there's your coffee, right? You spray, right? Right. Now, what about yeah. your coffee, cream, and sugar combination? Okay, so coffee, cream, and sugar is basically a food. Because the coffee is acidic. If you buy organic coffee, it's going to have iron in it like crazy. Heavy iron and lots of different trace metals, especially if it's organically grown coffee. And the cream is what? But it's calcium. Calcium is very, very important for plants. That's a, probably the number one thing that, that plants are missing in terms of uh, causing stress, which is calcium. That's milk. Plus, it has its own bacteria. And then the sugar. Well, if you ever gone, to, if you if, you must have missed the uh, the photosynthesis class in school because they teach you what do trees do, plants do with sunlight? They convert it into sugar. Right. Yeah. Right, so you have molasses, right? Right, right. I use a uh, Granny Smith's molasses because it's very rich in iron. But so that's why you use coffee, cream, and sugar as a foliar. Now it also happens to, to be because it's it's if if you if you're using the cream, this highly bacterial, it will it will uh, the anything any bug you spray it uh, that gets sprayed with this coffee, cream, and sugar mixture will not like it, especially if you aerate it. So right. aerate. Yeah, that increases microbial activity, lots of microbes, and you're spraying that stuff, and they get the microbes on them, and they go, oh boy, and I, that would, so. And then the other thing that's really very simple to do is just to wash them off. So, but you have a citrus, you know, a big giant citrus tree. It's very hard to wash off. You can do that with a hose to spray them down, try to get it all off, you know. But you have, then you have to keep the ants from going up there. You, it's that that's a process. You have to immediately spray. To reduce, you know, to get the nutrition in there, 
You have to do the spraying on a regular basis because it's like a sick person. Here, eat a little of this. Here, here, eat a little of this. And, and, and it depends how far gone they have. Because a lot of times these plants are so gone from being fixed, it's going to take a long time, right, to have taken care of them months and months and months to bring them back to any kind of conditions, right? And especially if the person's constantly overwatering. You have to tell that person, slow down the water already. Right, rule of thumb is yeah, don't water if it's wet. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, that's all. I, I understand. Right, okay. So yeah, I guess, well, what? I better let you go in case you have another caller, Andy, and I appreciate all the information. Thank you for calling. Uh, next time, listen to the show and then call. Yes, I know. I was busy, but thank you. I will. Okay, take care now. Okay, everybody, we're going to be um, finishing up here soon. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much time I have left. Will I have, you know, three minutes or eight minutes? I, I'm going to just end it in three minutes because as my show is coming up. It doesn't really make any difference, you know. So uh, thank you for listening. To, I got two more minutes to go. I don't think I can really talk to anybody. Uh, next, uh, next week is going to be the last week of this particular class. So if you have any, any questions about your vegetable garden, uh, any questions at all, you can email them to me, Andy Lopez at invisiblegardener.com. If you want to be on the show and tell me in the email and I'll get back to you, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, my God engineer, I call him God engineer. He sounds like God. I don't know. You know. Hello, that kind of voice, you know. Hello, hello. I said, what is it? No. <laughs> he says, I got two minutes. Now he's grinning. <laughs> two minutes uh, to, to finish the show up. So next Next week will be the last of the of this particular session. Uh, the week after that, which will be a, a, another uh, an, uh, October, and and we're gonna. I think we're doing uh, the whole month on on fruit trees, right? It's organic fruit tree uh, control care. Let me see if I got it right. Yeah, organic fruit tree care. So we have tons and tons of stuff to go through in terms of fruit tree. So we're gonna have to just keep going, right? We're going to cover all kinds of diseases. We're going to cover, um, um, I am the God, uh, uh, the, oh, the Don, D-O-N. What does D-O-N mean? Dead on, no, done. Oh, I, I am the D-O-N. There you go. I think we got to go now. You know what happens when you start talking to God. It's a definite <laughs> sign. Something's going on here, and I want to move up. Next, coming up next is the Cosmic Spaceship, uh, all new songs. And lots of new artwork and stuff like that. So take care now, guys. We have probably, I don't know, 30 seconds to go. I would normally put music on, but not going to happen. So see you next week. Take care now. Bye. <laughs>